Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. They're going to keep an 11 and 17 pace all year. This is going to be a long ass season and I'm not, I'm not fully ready for it, man. It's like, that's what makes last year so much fun is that every night it's like, who are we whooping tonight? And now it's like, who's whooping us tonight? Because that's kind of what it's felt like. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Red Sox Beat podcast on CLNS Media, your online leading provider of audio and video content for Major League Baseball. This is episode 214, which is powered by betonline.ag, your preferred online sports book for CLNS Media. Today, we're welcomed by someone who is very familiar to podcasts that you know if you listen to podcasts about the Red Sox at all. It's from Section 10 of Bleak Report, Steve Peralt. I'm not going to do the same thing Jared does with the whole intro. So you can just start talking now. <laughs> that is that is a great intro. Honestly, I would way rather our intro be like, "Hey, we're here. You can start talking now." That would I would way prefer that over what we actually have. Yeah, I don't need all the theatrics and all that. We can just you know get into it, get into good some good old fashioned Red Sox talk, or you know they just lost two in a row. So for those that don't know. You guys became a Phoenix Suns podcast called Suns Out, Guns Out at a point uh, when they were struggling. And now that they're back to losing two in a row, are you going back to more Suns coverage or are we sticking with the Red Sox? I mean, the the tough part for me is that initially uh, Jared and I had talked about this like off air. We were like, you know what? Like, we're going to have to shuffle this up if this team sucks. If this team actually sucks, then we're going to have to find different ways to mix it up and stay entertaining because we'll just be miserable if we're constantly talking about the Red Sox, uh, who are now, what, 11 and 17. Mm -hmm. And we realized they just kept losing, which is super not fun. So we're like, you know what? Let's try to think of like a random uh, other sports team that has no impact on Boston sports and never has. And (laughs) that would just kind of be funny to just, you know, Shoot the breeze about Suns, the Phoenix Suns. There we go. They got Charles Barkley back in the day. You got Devin Booker, the book man, as we call him now. Right. And and sure enough, it just kind of worked. And I didn't think we were actually going to do it until uh, the intro. I had prepared. I had, I had done more prep for that Suns show uh, than any than like any show we've ever done. I was it's good to know up. where your where your priorities sit. Exactly. But I, I can obviously talk off the top of the dome for most of the Red Sox stuff. But for the mm-hmm. Suns, I had to educate myself and. And sure enough, I'm going through Steve Nash's numbers, uh, you know, the difference in his numbers between when he initially was with the Suns to when he came back with the Suns, Charles Barkley's finals numbers in 93 against Michael Jordan, going over like the best Suns jersey they've ever had. Um, Not going to lie, it was a lot of fun. We only got a couple complaints because literally we did an entire show about the Suns. Mm -hmm. So I if I'm a Red Sox fan and I'm used to listening to Section 10 and luckily, you know, we've been able to build up an audience at this point. 
I'd be a little pissed off if I got 45 minutes of just Sunstock, which is exactly what happened. Um, but no, I think I think it was a good show. Luckily, some people that are Suns fans actually let us know they they enjoyed it. So we may have to go back to talking about the Suns because Christopher, if you remember, we did the Suns out guns out show and the Red Sox swept the race. Right. So if we go back to talking Suns, um, then they might actually start winning more games. Yeah, turn things around. So now that we we have another sweep this weekend, I think you know it's just natural that you have to go back and talk about. Zion or whatever overrated Duke player they're going to pick, and it, with their uh, first round pick, Do they have the are they the best lottery chances? I have no idea. But you, yeah. as the li- lifelong Suns fans, wouldn't. Oh, have. dude, dude, I've been following the Suns for forever. Hold on to your buns because we're talking Suns. Uh, mm-hmm. It was we're tied. We're tied with the Cavaliers and the New York Knickerbockers with fourteen percent chance uh, to get the top pick, which would obviously be Zion Williamson, even though. Kobe Phoenix, White. Yeah, I was going to say, even though between, yeah, your UNC boy and John ja Morant, somebody, I don't know who within the organization in the PHX is saying that we would rather have John ja Morant than Zion Williamson, but apparently that rumor was thrown out there last week. So I would like to strongly deny that that has any legs whatsoever. Zion mm-hmm. Williamson would 100% be the pick uh, if we're lucky enough here in Phoenix to get that top selection. Yeah, that's that's three minutes too long of NBA talk on this <laughs> on this Red Sox show. We don't we're not sellouts here who just you know leave the team when they're struggling. So, as a as a Red Sox fan, as someone who talks about the team most weeks, if you know apparently if they're only good, what have your takeaways been from this month? I think you know I wrote this is basically exactly one month. April twenty eighth is the one month I guess anniversary of this, you know year which has been a disaster in a lot of ways and very inconsistent i think you know they were really bad to start and then the last few weeks has just been two steps forward two steps back if something you know, if they're clicking on offense their pitching is terrible if they're clicking with pitching then they're making errors like yesterday with devers so what has been your just general takeaway from the actual red Sox and not the suns uh yeah i mean we can again we can talk suns whenever you want so let me know but okay. the the red Sox, the killer for me is that last year and, and we knew coming into this year you weren't going to get another 108-win team. Um, I, I was, you know, saying prediction-wise, I, w- I would have been glad with upper 90s competing for the division once again, preferably in a race with the Yankees because that's always good for content. But the vibe just feels off. The, the whole, the general vibe feels off. And I understand if you're losing games, it's not going to feel all dandy. But it's just like everyone's kind of looking over their shoulder like who's going to be the guy to save us. And this last weekend... It's very noticeable with J.D. out of the lineup. Very noticeable. They scored three runs total. I, I know they only played two games, but mm-hmm. the offense was just not there. Um, you know, you'd have a couple random hits here and there, and, and you're not stringing anything together. Mookie, who was getting pretty hot, I know he had the solo homer, but he's still not fully himself yet. J.B.J., my God, he is so, so useless at the plate. And, and it's for the majority of his career, it's been like that. And I was talking with my dad. And we've had, the, I feel like we've had the same conversation for the last four years being like, I'm totally fine when this guy's gone. And that's really saying something considering how good his glove is um, because he might as well be a pitcher at the plate. The base is loaded on Saturday. You're down one in the eighth. You need to do something there. You absolutely need to do something there. And the fact that I fully expected him to strike out and then he struck out kind of sums up JBJ's season and for the most part, his career at the plate uh, in Boston. So it's just not, the consistency is not there. I, I'm, they're accountable, which I guess has some weight, but at a certain point, it's like, okay, sweet. You, you say you suck, but let's figure it out. Let's turn this around. Chris Sale is 
Uh, the ultimate confusing process. I don't know what's going on there. I understand his last two starts, he gives up two earned in each, which is not that bad. Uh, strikeouts about nine per game in the last couple starts. So it's the Ks are getting up there. The velocity is still not fully there. If you're not throwing 98 miles an hour, guys can sit on the slider. As filthy as that pitch is, they, they're they not going to be as buckled by it. So there's a lot of little things that just aren't clicking when the offense is doing well. The bullpen gives up game-tying home runs like Matty Backpack Barnes there. And um, the rhythm, yeah, the rhythm's just not there. It's just when they're trying to piece it together, when they're trying to put that full game, like, it, like they haven't had one of those, like, Bill Belichick, like, we put out a full, you know, 60 minutes. Like, they haven't right. had that full performance yet. And it's really, really frustrating as a fan because this is this basically the same team. And you lose Kimbrell, but that the closer position hasn't really hurt you this year. If you had told us that they were 11 and 17, we would have been like, the closer position's probably been a nightmare, but it really hasn't. Like, Brazier's been fine. Uh, Barnes, when he's in there as closer, he's been fine. So the closer position's been fine. Joe Kelly has a 10 ERA or whatever in, in L.A., so don't tell me that that's the difference. It's a great so, investment right there. Oh, my God. So it's like, it's very confusing to try to find out exactly what the issue is, but I think it's just a, a culmination of a ton of different things. Yeah, no, I agree with you on, you know, Bradley, we've seen him be this for a while, and then he'll hit 500 for a month stretch, and then everybody thinks he's great offensively, changed his swing. I think something that really stood out over the weekend, two things. Yesterday, you know, that homer sale gives up in the first inning. Uh, Daniel Robertson, who's betting about 160, they say, yeah, whoever let, that guy is, that guy's the made Daniel up Robert guy ever. Beat you. That's the key. <laughs> as, as they say, as they right. say. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, when, especially with JD out, you looked at that bottom part of the lineup the other day. It was Pierce, who's hitting 100, yeah. JBJ, and then either Leon or Vasquez. You know, they're talking about Vasquez with the bat coming alive. I don't see it really. And uh, you just have this kind of black hole for seven through nine that you really didn't have last year. You had a deeper lineup and it's, it's been, yeah, it's been crazy. You know, we're, we're recording this on Monday heading into three game series against Oakland, who the Red Sox have played badly against for the last two years. And then uh, a seven game road trip to Chicago and Baltimore, where this is what the Red Sox did so well last year. They beat up on the bad teams. They were 16 and three against the Orioles. They, you know, I don't know what their record was against teams under 500, but it was, it's really where they rallied, you know, and tacked on all a huge amount of those 18, 108 wins. So um, a good chance for them to do it. But every time they've had a good chance with four game series against Detroit, um, they just haven't been able to put it together. So inconsistent, but at least April is coming to an end if it, there's it, any silver lining. The tough part for me, because I mean, I've done this my entire life. And I think naturally as baseball people, we do this over the course of a 162 game season. You start looking at the schedule being like, all right, when do we have some bunnies? Like, like when is so-and-so coming to town that we can really beat up on? And I got to correct myself now and look at the Red Sox. It's like, wait a second. We're the bunny. Like, we're the yeah. team that people want to face right now, which is insane. Like, looking at their, looking at their schedule, you know, the A's, the A's are no scrubs. They, they could easily come in here and win a series. Um, coming off of the, the Tigers series, you thought you were going to win that. You end up splitting that because that doubleheader day was miserable. Then they're going to Chicago. Was, that was probably the most miserable day of baseball of all time. Oh, dude. It, it, the Between, weather couldn't be. Yeah. Yeah, everything. Yeah, everything was awful. But then you look further ahead, and it's like, all right, at Chicago, at Baltimore. In theory, you should you know win the majority of those games, but I don't have a lot of confidence in that either. So that's the tough part is that, like you said, I mean, we're a full month into the season. And you have a really good feel normally what your team is at this point. If, if this is what the team is, yikes, this is not a good look at all. 
And it does just doesn't make sense because it's not like there's any overhaul or these guys suddenly got it doesn't bad add up. Overnight. It really doesn't add yeah. up. That's what that's what sucks the most part is it doesn't add up. And so for you, I mean, this is something that people have asked me with business, you know, writing for Mass Live and everything is is this bad for business when the team's bad? And I say, no, actually, the people really were interested and wanted to read as much as they could when they were winning 108 games. And now that they're bad and there's a lot of questions, they want those questions answered and want to read. So on your end for Section 10, does this affect business negatively or is it, you know, for you enjoyable to to kind of talk about the negatives? Uh, I, I I see the positive uh, side of it, but I, I still hate it because for multiple reasons, obviously, as a fan, it's just very frustrating tuning yeah. in every night and seeing the same old, same garbage. Um, but, I mean, as as much of a joke as it may sound, the sun's out, guns out thing is, like, very funny to me. And, like, the people engage with it, and we were selling shirts. And so, like, you get to do this <laughs> You get to do stupid stuff like this that you would never do if the team if the team was doing what they did last year and we did a Suns podcast, we'd get killed. Like that yeah. would be that we, and des- we would deservedly so. Yeah, and deservedly so because it would be extremely moronic. But um, I mean, it becomes a thing where I I enjoy getting creative and mixing it up and finding different ways to entertain people on the show, and it makes us get more creative. That's for sure. Whether it's good for business or not is kind of hard to pinpoint because I think it's just overall better when the team is doing well and we can all as like a unit, like us, everyone that listens to the show, Red Sox fans, it all feels like this battle that we go up against, against Yankee fans, against the fans that come in from opposing teams. It's like you're on, you have a specific team yourself uh, that's supporting the Red Sox, supporting the podcast, and that wave of support and passion is not quite the same when you're 11 and 17 and and struggling to even stay within um you know within reach of the Yankees of the Rays of whoever the other wild card teams are it mm-hmm. it that kind of sucks that that kind of sucks when the team is not even within like two or three games and you can at least kind of shrug your shoulders and say well all things considered it's been a bad start this that and the third but we're a month in and we're within a series reach of a playoff spot. They're not even that right now. So that does make it kind of difficult um, when we're trying to attract a new audience every season. We're trying to build on the audience that we made and that we got the the previous season. So I would say it, you, there are some positives because we get to mess around and do stuff we don't normally do, like the Suns thing. But overall, I, it's it's better for business if the team if the team is winning games. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think you know we've seen. You know, people love to complain as much as possible and, and you know, fill Twitter mentions with suggestions for me. Like, I can go to Cora and, and, and write his lineup out. And, and that, is, that is, dude, that is always, that That's is a the great dumb, part. It is so dumb. And, like, we'll, we'll get that too, being like, you know, honestly, like, I'm shocked that he's not, that he's not moving up Pierce to the second spot. I think that would really get his bat all heated up. <laughs> And and most of our listeners, actually, the vast majority don't sound like that, but it just makes the, the quote better. I mm-hmm. there they, they might sound yeah, like it, that. they might sound like who knows? You never really know. But um, yeah, there are some suggestions that it's like, a yes, that this is going, it's going nowhere. You're speaking this into the universe, thinking that it's going to end up in core on core's front desk. That's not how this works. Mm-hmm. And b, I really, at the end of the day, like, I really don't care about hypothetical solutions i think they're stupid for the most part i i would rather look at um you know data we've gotten results we've gotten and kind of try to gauge where the team's going where they you know may be able to improve maybe switch this guy with that like having mookie bat lead off again stuff like that 
But I, I love when the people send in messages and like voicemails be like guys i have the solution and they're like moving the lineup all over the place they're having sale become like the seventh inning guy and it's like no this is not this is not how you solve the uh the the issues with the team you got to ride this out and and hope that you hit a hit a rhythm coming up here in, in may yeah the one the one time i did eei in spring training someone called in and suggested because the bullpen was going to look weak to do the same thing they did in the playoffs and just have every <laughs> starter's side session be in the eighth inning of real games it just doesn't work like that it doesn't so, work. i mean it, luckily it is crazy man to think that this was the same team because like you and i i mean we we probably what we met last season i, mm-hmm. I would say and i yep. and start our relationship that way it was everything was dandy. It was like every single time after every series, it felt like worst case they won two out of three uh, or three out of four. And now it's best case they're winning two out of three. So I don't know. I, it, it, it really does suck to watch. And it's not it's not fun, especially when I mean, I know you write for the team. I'm doing I'm covering the team as a fan and for the podcast and also doing stuff with Bleacher Report. And this takes up a lot of time, as you're well aware of. Like a 162 game season is insane. Like yep. if you if you dropped us on the earth and said, "Hey, your favorite game is going to be a uh, 162 game season," I'd be like, "No, nah, I'm out. I'm not doing that." But we're so <laughs> pot committed now that um, that every single night, man, it's like that's what makes last year so much fun. Is that every night it's like who are we whooping tonight, and now it's like who's whooping us tonight? Because that's kind of what it's felt like. I think for me, something that was really interesting to join when I joined the beat was, you know, obviously I'd heard of section 10. I knew Jared before, um, but to kind of come in and come back from school in the South and not really know about the popularity of you guys and then come back. And this is not to stroke your ego at all, though. I'm sure you really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, more please. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep going. I, uh, just kind of the popularity that you guys have, have had, especially last year, you know, I, I tell the story when people ask, like, do people really, are people really that into it? And it was in September, you guys were out on Jersey Street, and I think, like, Stephen Wright, Heath Hembree, and Barnes just walked out, like, right after a game against the Mets, and they're just walking out, and Stephen Matz or someone from the Mets walked out of the other door, and they're just walking down the street, and no one's going up to them. And there's a line of 50 people to talk to you clowns. (laughs) <laughs> uh, directly after one of these games, and I'm like, I'm like, what is this bizarre world? And you get, you and I have talked about that kind of thing too, where it's like, how is this, you know, how did this happen? And so it's, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's something that, um, there, there are times where I need to kind of, you know, sit back and be like, whoa, this is kind of nuts. Like, I, the first one that really hit me that it was crazy was when we did a live show at um, Cask and Flagon before Game yep. Two of the ALCS. And that was, uh, that was wild. That that was something that I, I never really expected, but also kind of did. I, like going into it was just such a let's hope this goes well kind of thing. We had planned out a good show. Uh, we had really put a lot of work into it. Cast and Flagon had hired like people that were going to set up our stage and everything. And so many things went wrong in that show, but that also kind of gave it an authentic Section 10 feel where it's like, we're not always perfect. There are going to sometimes be some technical difficulties. And yet everyone was just riding with us. Like every, the place was packed. People knew the ad reads that we were doing. They were yelling out catchphrases we had. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the kind yes, of stuff. I mean, to, that's crazy. Might, must have done a good job hiring actors to come in there. And <laughs> I mean, like that. 
they, they yeah they, they they filled the place with people and they just gave them section <laughs> 10 shirts and i applaud them for they doing flew that. them up from phoenix for dude it. and they yeah they, they they threw away all the sun stuff they said that's going to be useful next season not this year but um but no that passion is like irreplaceable for me that that's kind of why we we put the amount of time that we put into it because there's a legitimate audience and they they care a lot about the product and i think back to your question earlier, this is so Manhattan, the, the sirens, you can never get away from it. Um, but that's your question earlier. That's why I would way, way, way rather, and not just as a fan, but as, you know, doing the podcast, I'd rather we have a battle right now, Yankees, Red Sox, you know, one game lead, two game lead. Oh, my God, they're tied again. Like, that kind of stuff is so good for the live shows. It's so good for content at Barstool, you know, with with Hubs and Jared and, and the back and forth that that creates uh, with the vlog we're trying to do this year. So the passion is is always there, and that's something I'm very appreciative of. But if we got to do a whole season of this crap, like if we got to, if they're on pace, if they're going to keep an 11 and 17 pace all year, this is going to be a long ass season, and I'm not, I'm not fully ready for it to be honest. Like I, I'm not fully ready to be doing because like today's show, we're recording uh, section 10 after this. It's going to be depressing as hell, and mm-hmm. uh, and there there are ways we can try to spice it up, but I don't want to give people two depressing shows every week for the the next four months. So hopefully they can turn it around because that's what the people want. Got to give the people what they want. Speaking of that, here's my ad read. It's already springtime in Boston. The Red Sox season is underway. The Red Sox have obviously begun their quest in not so great of a way for another world championship. So none of us are major leaguers and we can't get in on the action that way. So a good way to do it is by going online and betting. There's only one place to share in the wins with the Red Sox by grabbing the odds and allowing the experts at betonline.ag. That's AG. I was going to go for a Phoenix Suns player with the initials, but I don't, I don't have one. Nope. .ag, like Attorney General. They can do the heavy lifting for you. They have sports, live betting, virtual casino, anything you want. Betonline AG. Betonline.ag. If you're feeling lucky and would like to support our podcast, go to clnsmedia.com backslash SoxBeat. That's S-O-X-B-E-A-T. And use the promo code CLNS50 for that 50% sign-up bonus. CLNS50 on betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. As, yeah. a, as a podcast expert, how was that How was that ad read? It's not that bad. I, it needs like a catchphrase. Um, I, I did like bang, bang, the... Bang, skeet, skeet. Yeah, if you like with bang, bang, skeet, skeet, it would have been totally fine. Or being like trying to find a great place to gamble can be a confusing process. I mean, that's kind of like a copyright issue but right i i honestly think it we was want to get good. the lawyers involved here no i i know and our lawyers are strong i honestly think that was good i i mean i think you assume too much by saying none of us here are major leaguers because who maybe a major leaguer is listening you don't know I, I think that's that's something that surprised us with section 10 you'll get like durbin feltman listens to the show you know and granted he's not a major leaguer but soon to be so you, you never know who listens um right. but yeah I, I think it was good i i think maybe like a catchphrase in the middle would be uh good but yeah i, I liked it all right, I'll work on it for next week. I think, yeah. you know, when you talk about the major leaguers, and yeah, I feel like even it, the pendulum kind of swung for you guys even just last year. Like, I remember, you know, seeing your guests, and you had people like Drellick and, and writers and stuff, and as the season, you know, wore on, you were having the the biggest names for the Red Sox and Cora and Dombrowski and, you know, Pedro recently and all this stuff. And for you, I know... For me, it's been kind of surreal being around a lot of people and interviewing people that were important to my childhood and everything. But being able to get these guests, I think, is that something you would have envisioned when you, you know, started? 
Uh, no, definitely not. I, I, we started in Pete Blackburn's mom's basement, and mm-hmm. um, it sounds crappy by that description, but it actually is a, it was a nice kind of studio setup they had down there. Uh, the, fun, the funny thing about that that I loved is that we'd have people like, you know, Kirk Minahan and, and Jim Murray and James Stewart. Um, I don't know if Tony Maz made it down there. I know we've had Tony on, but we had a lot of Boston, you know, beat writers and, and radio guys that were coming into mom, Pete's mom's uh, basement to record a show. And that's when I, I think that's when I realized that, that they knew that it had value because they wouldn't waste their time doing that if they didn't think it was a legitimate thing. So they wouldn't make the long trek down the stairs. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm telling you this. Luckily he lived in uh, what was a wall I forget where he was, but he was only like 20 minutes from where a lot of their, the studios are, whether it's in Brighton or wherever. Um, so it's not like it's the longest trip for these guys, but like I knew once we started getting those kind of guests that we could build on it, that I think it would end up being JD Martinez in the dugout before game one against the Yankees. Hell no, there was no way I thought it was, that was going to happen. But, um, to your point, yeah, we built a lot of momentum last year. It was, that team was amazing and, and we tried to, you know, hop on their back and, and, uh, you know, really give the best content we totally, you know, we possibly could during the course of the season. It helps that you have the barstool backing. That's very important. But I would like to think we've built the vast majority of our audience off of just working our tails off and and getting to this point, creating relationships. It helps that Jerry's been doing this. He has a head start on me, man. He's been doing this for a long time, not mm-hmm. podcasting, but he, he's I mean, the kid had a YouTube show when he was, you know, as scrawny as could be back in the day and, and saw, I guess, high. Um, so he really kind of built up, uh, he, he got the wave going, let's put it that way, and, and built his audience and, and led that into Section 10 with, with Pete and Jared. And then I joined around Episode 11, and we've done about 240 since then. So it's been, it's been a wild ride. But yeah, there are times where I definitely need to kind of step back and be like, this is really cool. Like, we're just kind of shooting the breeze with Pedro Martinez. This is pretty awesome. So that is definitely a part of it where you need to just realize that it's, you know, it's pretty cool, the access that we get. And how have you seen the organization embrace that access or change it or give you guys more? It seems like, you know, I, I talked to Jared a couple of years ago about, you know, not being credentialed. Now he's, he's on the field before, in you know, a lot of the weekend games and you guys are in the dugout, stuff like that. How have they, you know, come around in that way? I think Jared has been very smart in how he approaches it. He's uh, good at building relationships within the organization. My relationship mm-hmm. with him, I mean, there are a lot of times I want to kill him. Um, right. But that's, that's kind of, we've been married for three years, four years mm-hmm. now. So that's kind of what happens. But um, More than the knows, average American couple, I think. Exactly. So I'm glad we've made it this long. But, um, but no, he knows. <laughs> thank you very much. He knows, uh, he knows how to build relationships within the organization. He's been very smart about that. Sam Kennedy's been awesome in this whole process. Um, and Kevin Gregg, uh, head of media relations, just turned 39. Happy birthday, Kevin. Uh, he's been huge as well. So there, you need to have the right relationships with the right people. And we also need to be as professional as we can be when we get the access, because we know more ears, I was going to say more ears are tuning in. That makes no sense. I'm going to stick with it, (laughs) but more, more ears are tuning in when we get like a JD or, you know, Moreland or Cora, Chris Uh, Cotillo. Yeah, Chris Cotillo. Exactly. When we get these stars, that is when we have more people listening in, especially within the organization. Mm Because there was a segment, and I'm kind of glad that it's gone, uh, because my dad listens more now, so I don't really need him to hear this. But um, we had, like, side boob or under boob was a question. That was the first question we would ask any guest. 
mm-hmm. uh, very much a Jared question. I would never ask that. But right. once, once we started getting guests, it, like, you know, players and, and people in the dugout, we we're like, yeah, let's uh, let's retire the side boob, under boob thing. Maybe we don't want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So we got rid of that. I don't know. We just kind of cleaned it up a little bit and, and made it more of a, um, I'd say more of a PG podcast, which is which is necessary when you're interviewing the players and when you're in the dugout and you get that access. So I think all in all, it's been great that we've gotten the access, but we've done our best to not lose that because as as hard as it was to get it, it can be very easy to lose it. So we're trying to be as as professional as we can be, which can be tough for for some of us at times. Yeah, and uh, obviously something that's taken off. And uh, you know, if like I said, the Chris Cotillo show has a lot of potential. So let me know, and I will uh, be you know I'll check my schedule and see if we can talk some Suns and I can get Kobe White to join your uh, that's beloved what, boys. That's that's what we need. We need we need you to first off be available. I know you're a very very busy man. Um, but then secondly, if you could bring us a potential Suns prospect uh, in the upcoming draft, that would that would I think put you over the top. That that's right. where it's like a guaranteed interview. Mm-hmm. Um, but without the Suns podcast, I mean, or a prospect rather, um, you'd have to really really differentiate yourself. Maybe if you could go out there and hit 300. Uh, then we would have you on the show, but until then, uh, you'd have to get to like Evangelic level uh, status to to get on. To get <laughs> so you'd have to be unemployed. Is, is, is what I'm saying. No, low blow, low <laughs> blow. Oh, we knew it was coming, but it's still uh, hurt here. It was here. there. It was there. But but Evans like he's kind of employed, right? He's doing the the Red Sox review. I think he's really good at that. Yeah, I yeah I heard him the other day. This is my favorite line I've heard on radio in a while. Red Sox lose a doubleheader to Detroit. They've hit bottom. Speaking of hitting rock bottom, I'm Evan Drellick. This is Red Sox review. So he's, <laughs> he uh, most, I'll give Evan credit. He's the most self-aware guy, and <laughs> and that and like that's very important in this industry because there are a lot of people that aren't self-aware. Um, so I'll give him credit for that. But no, Evan's Evan's gonna be fine. But he he's he's built for that kind of stuff. I don't. I just want him to stay because he's our guy. So I don't yeah. want him to get you know hired by like the friggin Royals or something like the Royals beat. Like I, I, I want to make sure he stays in, in this region. So that, that is very important. Well, maybe we will do a dual show with both of you at some point. So you can uh, profess your love some more. Yes, that would be great. That would be dandy. Right. I know you get section 10 to record, but thank you for joining Red Sox beat this week. Enjoy Chicago. The boys from section 10 will be out some, for some reason at, was a guarantee rate field this weekend? Dude, it is so. by far the dumbest named park <laughs> of them all. And the park sucks too. So like it's not the best part of Chicago. The the name of the park sucks and the park sucks and the team sucks. So can't wait. I uh, can't wait to be out there. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Chicago's a great place. But um yeah, we're trying to do like one road trip a month, uh preferably where uh the Red Sox are are traveling. So this is the one for for uh, May. It's going to be the beginning of May at the end of this week, and um, the Sox Sox battle, a huge rivalry, a yeah. rivalry that goes way, 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 way back. So mm-hmm. um, we're excited for this rivalry, and and really can't wait. And and go go Red Sox. Yeah, that's uh, as an unbiased, impartial media reporter, I appreciate your fandom, but cannot participate. So that's fine. I understand. Well, thanks for coming on, Steve.